And they got two cats. Her first uh, <laughs> model of car was the following. And here is her high school uh, <laughs> yes. mascot, her mom's maiden name. <laughs> her mom's maiden name, the first car she ever owned, um, first pet. She's reached out, and we love talking to her because not only is she a fantastic, fantastic person to talk to, her show, her podcast, Wild Thing, uh, and these books, they just, God, they're they're fantastic. And they incorporate scientific method and journalistic approach and skills to determine if things like, is Bigfoot out there? Do aliens exist? Why did my father watch Hee Haw? Things like that. That one's coming up, I think. We're still in the... Uh, Development phases Season on that one. Four, yeah, that one's. I don't know, man. It's a tough it's, one. It's it's hard to research. It is. It really is. Um, this book, and I'm I, I can't wait to tell her how much I enjoyed it. Even though, so it's for kids, like the nine to you know seventeen year olds, but it doesn't read like that. It takes these topics that so many people go <laughs> when you watch the news they go oh god uap was it was spotted and they make fun of it she goes no let's actually look into this and find out what's science say what yeah. could these what's things take, be what what's it take for them to get here for us to detect them um all that all that really cool stuff that is the nitty-gritty when you get down into it and mm. isn't just like oh well they just time traveled and they're here now and they're all taken over as reptilians. We, we, we know? already know that, but, uh, yeah, we're, she's answering the stuff we still wonder about. <laughs> I think that this is a great way to teach kids these things. It's not ham fisted. It's literally here is a smart scientific way to look at these things. If you're interested in them and maybe that if we had more Laura's in the world would change people's, perception or way of looking at these fringe woo-woo topics that aren't so fringe anymore as we're finding out. True. And not, not so much that the topic itself is fringe, but the people are fringy and <laughs> yeah, like right. saying this is interdimensional. Why are you talking? Uh, the thing that totally you guys, possible. if you're not heavy into this stuff, which you probably aren't, Dave and I spend a lot of time combing through Blogs and posts and reddits and a lot of online groups. And there are some characters, the exact thing that you expect. That's what's in there. <laughs> um, exactly. So it is a, uh, we, we can definitely use a new uh, generation of blood going into these things. And, uh, and uh, you know, a book like this asking how would aliens get here? You know, what do they want to find or where would we want to find them? What does it mean if we do and or don't? You know, it teaches readers to challenge their gut assumptions and opens their minds to new possibilities by using, God, get ready for it, critical thinking what? and the yeah, scientific method, which is all made up. I'm done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and she, uh, you know, she investigates the science, the culture, and the philosophy of our universe in which we're not alone, question mark, and why the idea of alien life has literally abducted our imaginations. How cool is that? So yeah, man, I'm excited. We're going to go to break. And when we come back, Laura's going to class this place up at least, you know, compared to David, I'm pretty classy. That's next on hysteria. 51. It's a high bar. Nation, what difficulties did you have with learning a new language in school or whenever you did it? Did you do it through textbooks or did you try to use some weird online thing? I know I took two years in high school and two years in college and I knew nothing. And that's because I wasn't using something like what we have been blessed to have as a longtime sponsor. And we use it. Rosetta Stone. They're the most trusted language learning program and it's available on desktop or as an app. And the reason why I enjoy doing it, it immerses you in the language you want to learn instead of just being silly drills and a class you can sleep through. <laughs> I definitely use it. I, I think it's really cool how they have the speech recognition program on there. It gives you the feedback on the pronunciation. Are you making fun stuff. of me because I can never do that? That's what you're getting at right now. That's <laughs> what it, It's like, what are you trying to do? Do it right. <laughs> Uh, but it is really cool. They've got all kinds of lessons. You can do it uh, offline. You don't even have to be online for it. That is great because it's right there in your pocket or at your home and you can do it. You got 15 minutes. Let's go to town. Let's do it. You know, and mm -hmm. it's amazing value. 
lifetime membership has all 25 languages available. For any trips you need language in life, you need to brush up on stuff. Maybe you just met a girl or a guy or a non-binary, and they're from uh, somewhere else, somewhere, you know, who knows? Well, if they're in the one of the 25, Rosetta's going to work for you. <laughs> you get lifetime access to all of that, and there is a 50% offer, so it is a steal. So don't put off learning language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for that 50% off that I just told you about. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. A today. I like screaming your name, Laura. <laughs> Just Hi. checking to make sure you're awake. Come on. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, it's a twofer now for you on Hysteria 51. So we're going steady is what I'm getting yes. at. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I hate to tell your your New York Times bestseller husband, but uh, we're having a real relationship here. He's out. We're in. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it would work, David. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You just uh, got to roll those dice. <laughs> so how you been? What's going on in your neck of the woods other than like extreme excellence and everything, multiple books and this and that's and your own companies and taking over the world and making us all look like. Like it schlubs over here, but uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I've been disabusing. On? I've been disabusing people of the latest Bigfoot sighting in Colorado. They keep yeah. sending me the images of a Bigfoot yeah. that was take. The pictures were taken of it from hey, a uh, train. Look out of the in, train window here, kids. Yeah, looky there. What's that? Uh, yeah. That is a man in a Bigfoot suit, people. Um, <laughs> it was funny, no like wild a- animal has a flowing glossy fur like that. <laughs> I can promise you. Right. <laughs> Except for the cryptids. Come on now. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, it was funny. Someone's like, wow, what a what an amazing thing to just be happening to look at that one spot during a train ride. Yeah. And seeing that, you know, it, it was kind of funny. What I, story have you ever heard of a Bigfoot sighting where the Bigfoot just like, oh, I'm just going to pop a squat right here. Yeah. <laughs> There's know? no trees for miles. I'm just going to sit here amidst the sagebrush, the dry, dry <laughs> sagebrush, and look at the trains going past. Maybe it just likes train spotting. Uh, David, obviously you haven't been looking to the the same websites I look at, uh, Squatch Squatters and... Uh, <laughs> Squatchers. Papa Squatch. It's a .edu, so you know it's <laughs> it's firing on all cylinders. Uh, speaking of firing on all cylinders, I got to tell you something about this book. Um, so I I guess I'm going to tell something about myself here. I know it's written. It, it's, it's for younger people. I loved it. I found it enthralling. Yay! And that probably says a lot about me because, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at I me. Mean, they're like, this is for nine to, you know, teenage years and all this. And I'm like... This is awesome. This is how I want to be taught things. <laughs> so, a um, little peek behind my curtain there. I, how, you know, you, you've been doing, you know, this, you know, with your wild thing and all this. How do you approach writing a book for an age group like that and still making a book like this? Um, is there any, is there, is there anybody out there? I, I started, is there anybody in there? I'm sorry, I started singing that earlier. Yeah, notes. Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, don't do that. And then I did it. Um, How do you approach like to 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 do a book like that and then also keep it so full of of info and, you know, you you can all your research is there. It's an amazing feat. I got to tell you. Thank you. I very much appreciate it. I also love hearing that adults are enjoying it as much as kids, because to be honest, I feel like a lot of this material when we learn it in like or when we learned it in like, you know, elementary school, Mm -hmm. junior high, high school, I felt like I didn't really learn this kind of stuff because it it just felt impenetrable and kind of unapproachable. Well, how dare you put the scientific method to this stuff? You know, how how dare you (laughs) like shine a light on this? David, we talk about that all the time. So many people, well, like you just said with this this Sasquatch thing, Mm -hmm. you know, too many people just take everything at face value or dismiss it at face value. And you're like, hey, let's look into this. And kids and adults, Here's how. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is, is I don't come from a background of science. I found a science. I like it. I find it fascinating. I found it really intimidating as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of wanted both with the podcast and with the book to put together something that like 
made it more accessible. And realizing that not everybody out there has a dream of becoming a scientist, they just want to know more about their world. And so that's kind of where I was. But the funny thing, though, with the book was I would be writing something and I'd be like, DNA. And then I'd be like, what's DNA? Oh, my God. I don't actually know. I just know the shorthand DNA. So I would have to go and figure out what these kinds of things were so I could explain them. Um, Like light. I, you know, I knew there were different kinds of light, sort of. Um, but explaining what that was and how it worked and like the different wavelengths and how we can see things in different sorts of light. Like I didn't really get all that. So for me, this was much as an, I writing the book was as much an education as, um, pretty much anything I've ever done. And that's, but that's part of this whole process. That's so fun for me too. even doing these things is. Sometimes it's even stuff I would never probably even look into. And then I have a blast learning about these things. Yeah. You know, and you're talking about all these lights. They talk about, well, these animals see in the UV or, or, or all the right, things. Right, or infrared. There's, that like, means there's colors that we don't, you can't make up a color, but there mm-hmm. are colors that we can't <laughs> see. I, I don't know if that's coming through, but that's just amazing. And it there's a whole world, <laughs> air quotes out there, that is beyond our our grasp if it wasn't for science. Right. And I think the other thing that's cool about this is like because there's so much out there that we really don't know about, mm-hmm. um, you know, they see in infrared or they see in UV. Well, what does that look like? Well, we don't necessarily know. Um, you know, you and I, scientists do, but no, just you. I know. Then it just, I know. yeah. <laughs> oh, you know. I'm sorry. How dare I belittle your education? Um, there's, you know, there's a. It just makes you realize that you have to be a little bit more imaginative, and you have to think about different possibilities in a way that I think sometimes we don't. We get sort of stuck in our way of seeing the world and of looking at things, and forget that. We're only one perspective. Oh, man, I think you just said it perfectly. So you're writing this book for people that are still dreamers. And a lot of us adults either give up on dreaming or make excuses not to or feel bad about doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big part of science is dreaming. You know, it's the (laughs) the scientific method is, you know, I hate to be, it's the fuck around and find out, you know, and that's there's a lot of that in dreaming too, you know, and that's, what's amazing. I think that, uh, it comes through and people can still look to the stars, so to speak. I think the scientific method is more like fuck around and find out. Like yeah. it's more cheerful <laughs> yeah. than fuck around and find out. And but find that's out. Just, I mean, like the warning. Yeah. <laughs> but Science I, is like, try it, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> Come at me, bro. Um, but you know, I you're you're dead you're dead right because like the first step of the scientific method is ask a question. What are you wondering? Mm. And that can be any question. And then yeah, you have to apply some reason and logic and you know, basic we, well, you don't have to, and that's the problem. Well, yeah, but you, uh, you should. To. You should, you should. <laughs> and but that it's that first part. It's like, oh my gosh, what if? And that's such a cool space to inhabit yeah. and be able to ex- start from and explore. Well, you know, and exploring is, uh, there's a lot of that whole vibe in this, you know, looking to the stars, are we alone? And one of the things that you talked about in here that I liked is the idea of what is life is not the little, well, it can be the little green men or, or the people that are visiting us, but an amoeba, a microbe, anything found outside of here changes everything. Right. Because that is uh, life and I think that is lost on a lot of people because it doesn't have to be the mothership coming down and saying, you know, I'm Valiant Thor or, or whatever. Take me to your leader or <laughs> insert whatever trope you want there. Take me to your reader. Hey, there you go. Uh oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the jokes write themselves. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, but no, you're right. Like when you stop to think about what life is, it's. It's like, we have a lot of options. There's a range. It doesn't have to be, you know, super advanced space people that with, you know, silvery skin. It's like, if we find microbes on Mars, it's like, oh, shit, there are probably a lot of places. Yeah. Um, they're not just going to be two. That would be weird. Just Mars and Earth. Um, but I, I just think that that's really, really interesting to think about is the whole range of possibilities. Uh, well, that's, 
Go ahead. That's David, something sorry. that you bring up in the um, the podcast too. In the book is that we we don't really, as our scientific community, the that we we don't really have a good example or a definition, I should say, of what life is. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's yeah. not like a single thing we can say, okay, this checks these boxes, therefore mm-hmm. life. Well, and even on this planet, everywhere we go, we find life, no matter how inhospitable it seems. From vents on the bottom of the floor that are hundreds of degrees and no light to, you know, outside of volcanoes to the permafrost, all these places that you think you would never find anything is teeming with life. Yeah, and that I thought was really interesting because we didn't actually figure that out until the 1960s. There was a scientist who was doing research in Yellowstone who realized, oh, there are things living in this boiling hot water. Um, And then once you realize life can be there and you start looking around, you're like, wow, life is kind of everywhere in places that we never would have even dreamed um, of looking because – we're a little self-absorbed, and we're like, well, we can't live there. Who would want to live in that? Right, and that's <laughs> why you talk about how these these biologists, or astrobiologists, I guess, are look for building blocks. They're not looking for you know, a flag saying, come visit us. They're looking for signs of life, which means uh, you know, byproducts of, of the things that, that keep us alive, you know, <laughs> from gases and things like that. Yeah, I mean, they're looking, they're looking for the types of, you know, the elements that make up um, life that are important to life on Earth. So chi- carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, phosphorus, and sulfate. Did and, I get those right? And beer so, and porn. And beer and, and cheese. Yeah. Well, I was going to say they should just be looking for uh, Trader Joe's in space. <laughs> oh, those chocolate-covered so... caramels are so good. Except for when I go to the, the salad bar and I think I didn't get that much, and then they weigh it, and I go, I'm not paying $20 for that, and then I do. But, you know, yeah. that's my that's my Trader Joe's. Oh. <laughs> uh, Trader Joe's has a salad bar? <laughs> uh, the one by us has, like, you can go in and they have, like, a, a salad bar. They also have those foods and stuff. It's like a little lunch spot in there. And you can, what? they yeah, they wow. do it by the pound. Uh, it's the one in, uh, it's the one Fancy in. Fancy-ass uh, Trader Joe's. Uh, I'm been trying to, to think of the name of the town. Clearly an advanced alien race has already been to visit you. That's all, what I'm saying. The those places, <laughs> they're so packed with life. Uh, every time I go, I can barely move. So that's what they need to be looking for. What well, when you're writing this, and you know, you, you one thing I love is you talk about. You have all your research. You have all this. What was the biggest not aha moment surprise to you? Would you say in writing a book like this? You're like, I didn't know that. I mean, other than what DNA means. <laughs> you yeah. know what was the? Uh, yeah. Was there anything that you're like, wow? Well, there were a couple. The first one was the actual like scientists don't know what life is like we recognize mm-hmm. life we you know what when you see it kind of like you know that supreme court case where they were talking about porn and they're like we know it when we see it <laughs> yeah. um same thing with life but um we don't really know like how do you get from inactive inorganic you know in inactive chemicals a little soup into yeah. an actual like living thing and, and that's like, the you just said that's the thing they always say like how did this stuff become a soup and then the proverbial lightning strikes and it goes, yeah. hmm, I want to pay taxes. Yeah, I, re- I like pants. I want to put them on. Um, I don't yeah, think I mean, it, no, no life would ever no say that. No one likes Come pants. On. <laughs> I mean, not a one of us have pants Shenanigans. on. <laughs> That's true, the beauty of Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, party, party, yeah, no, no pants on the bottom. Uh, and Laura is never coming back on Hysteria 51. Yeah. No. Laura's like, I'm not going back on those those Donald Duck and motherfuckers. She, uh, I'm sorry, I don't want you to put that out. And here is a note from my lawyer. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, life doesn't want pants, but we don't even know what life is. So that was the first big surprise. And then the second one wasn't so much a surprise as it was like a dawning realization. Like I knew space was big, but when you start to put numbers to it and you start to think oh, about time. That, that part makes my head spin just reading I it. Know. And, and we don't really understand those sizes, but even mm-hmm. not really understanding them is mind bottling as Will Farrell would say. Uh, it just, it, it, uh, <laughs> it, it makes no sense and it makes too much sense at the same time. 
Yeah, it's just kind of overwhelming to stop and think about it. So like, uh, there's one photo in the book, I think it's towards the end, it's like page 130, ooh, 135. Um, and it's the photo that was taken by the James Webb Space Telescope, that kind of mimics the one that was taken by Hubble, you know, several decades ago, mm-hmm. looking out into the distance, all of these stars and galaxies, and then someone tells you that that is the equivalent of a grain of sand held on the tip of your finger at the end of your arm, and that is the like. And the there are absolutely frame. just galaxies, and ga- and that was when they were focusing on a dark part of the sky. Right, just one tiny, tiny part. They were like, well, "We don't know if there's anything there. Let's see what's there." Holy shit! More than you've Holy ever shit. seen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that is just, it blows your mind. You're like, that's really far away. We're never going to get there. How could there not be anything else out there? Right. I'm still the most important thing though. I want you all to know that me, me, you know, it just makes you feel silly. So you you are here, you know, and they, they have the little dot, Uh you know, and like, and you're worried about having to, you know, go to work on Monday or something like that. (laughs) Putting pants on. You're worried about putting (laughs) pants on. Crying in the shower. That's the one I keep seeing. (laughs) It's like, here you are crying in the shower and it shows how else do you shower if not crying? I don't even, that doesn't even, that's how you get your cheeks clean. (laughs) It's exfoliating. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my Lord. Man, I yeah. was super surprised to to learn about uh, when one of them said how everything gives off light to some capacity. Yeah, even us. That, yeah, even us. Just not never necessarily visible light. Like there's yeah. all kinds of different uh, wavelengths that we're talking about, which also blew my mind. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, what a weird crazy. world we live in. It, it it is so weird that it, we get into this mindset of we're talking about life and giving off light and all these things. Is, even though we look into all these weird places, like I said earlier, and we find life, we have a very, we don't, as you said, don't understand what life is, what makes mm-hmm. it up. We have a very strict looking of, we are looking for X, Y, and Z because that's what we're used to, but it could be A, B, and C. You know, they might not be carbon-based. They could be silicone-based. It could be all these things. Um, and that's also a whole nother thing of just always like, you know... For what we know, there's so much more that we don't know, and that's what's also fun about science and learning about these things is it really, uh, you know, for children and adults alike, opens your mind to the what-ifs. It's one of those books that I went in and I came out with more questions and answers in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, inquisitive. I want to learn more, not like... Why the hell did she write that? <laughs> that wasn't the question. She didn't answer anything. She didn't even answer the question on the title. I would have liked more choose your own adventure parts. I will tell you that, though. That's like the only thing that was missing. Those are hard to write. I have a feeling. It needed more ninja fights. That's the only thing oh. that was. <laughs> I'll write that note down and, and pass that on yeah, to my pa- editor. Pass that, pass that along. Write that down. Yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, I thought that actually one of the best... Um, analogies was like, you know, we have their life could be a whole range of things. And we only know life based on what we've experienced here on earth. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we have to start looking And this idea of like, if you've dropped your keys, even if you drop them, you, you don't know where you drop them. And you're going to start looking under the street lamp, because that's the place you can see. That's the thing you yeah. recognize. Yeah. And I just thought that was a really interesting way of, of talking about how we're how we're doing this search. Yeah, and we're looking out into the the cosmos and and looking, but you also talk about how there could be tons of life in our own solar system. You know, it doesn't have to be so far away. Um, There's life on Earth. We're still as much or as many uh, species as we're murdering every year, unfortunately. They find new species on Earth every year. And then we've got these, you know, moons orbiting other planets in our solar system that could have underwater, liquid water and teeming with life. We don't know. It's just such a fun, uh, you know, mind experiment or thought experiment or whatever you want to call it um, for people like me that (laughs) the the couch scientists that love (laughs) that love thinking about it. I'm a couchologist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've got my PhD in that, I think. So, (laughs) Uh, David, what's what was your favorite part? Well, I mean, besides the the besides the end, yes, yes, stuff. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I always love it when talking about uh, the scale of stuff and um, how Laura talked about going out to 
UC Boulder and walking through a very small scale, you know, replica mm-hmm. of of the space between everything. And uh, y- it's funny how, you know, Brent, you, you hear that and you it's kind of overwhelming mm-hmm. uh, in a good way to you. And I think some people hear it and, and it's overwhelming in a bad way. My wife, So literally, it, I, I talk about that with my wife, the, the size of things in space, and she gets always weirded out. And I, we were talking about that in the book, and she goes, I, nope, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> she and I always go, why? <laughs> she goes, it just doesn't, it makes me feel like uncomfortable. Because she's like, I can't, I can't grasp it. She goes, it makes me feel dumb. I go, well, no one could really grasp it. That's part right. of the fun to me. Um, but what you're talking about too, David, it is cool. Like when you were talking about there is putting it into a perspective that you can grasp. So at least it's it's a smaller bite size, you know? And then they uh-huh. go, but multiply that by 16 trillion. You know what I mean? Like, and then, right. the, yeah. you know, some ungodly number. And and uh, that's what it's. Then really you're like. back to being like I. That's really big. I'm Drooling really in the corner nice. and crying yeah. in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it is uh, to be a fly on the wall of of uh, an advanced species if they are out there that know all this stuff. You know, it's just and it and, and <laughs> what's your over under? Are we alone now? I don't. Not talking about. I I think I asked you this last time. I'm not talking about the amoebas. Do you think there's intelligent life out there? Mm. So there was a really great. That's my favorite answer ever. Yeah, Mm. there was a really great. No, I really like that. (laughs) I like that Mm, because I kind of agree with that. But yes, keep going. (laughs) Yeah. So I wish I'd known this before I'd written the book because this was this uh, someone trying to explain intelligent life in the universe. And they were talking about the lights on a Christmas tree. And they were saying, you know, if you've got the blinking string of lights on the Christmas tree, let's say a light blinks on and that is an intelligent civilization. And then it blinks off and then another one blinks on and they're never on at the same time. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that I was, that was another like, you just blew this, my mind. This kind of grand moment. equalizer of time and distance and yeah. Yeah. And human, not human, but greed and um, our own ability to probably self-destruction. Exactly. I say yeah. our, but I, I think that's probably a, a common theme if there is life out there. Yeah. And I, that kind of made, you know, for, I think it prior to that, I was like, Oh yeah, there's probably an intelligent, you know, other intelligent life out there somewhere. And now I'm like, well, maybe there was, but maybe their period of being intelligence, intelligent and around was short lived. Do you know what? Eh. The, that's terrifying, right? Like, or mm-hmm. because it makes us face our own mortality almost. I weirdly, this is, you're going to think I'm a total weirdo now. I already I do. It's fine. Don't it, worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> in some ways, I find it kind of comforting. Yeah. From the standpoint of like, we can neither, we we can't destroy um, everything. Uh, that these yeah. things happen, that there is rise and fall, that there is, you know, incoming tides and outgoing tides and... It's bigger it's than us. It's just a big rhythm of things, and it's bigger than us. And I feel better about that than if we were in a little bit more control and uh, our actions were going to have, you know, ripple effects that yeah. took out the whole universe. I, Dave and I were talking about this recently, and I said one of the scariest things to me would be if we are actually alone. Like, yeah, and I mean, like, creepier. there's nothing been, I, and I'm agreeing with what you're saying, but never in the past or the future will there ever be anything else. We're in this just cosmic soup ball flying out there, and we're the only thing. It's just like when all the UAP stuff car- started coming in, and the government's like, we don't know what it is. And I go, if they really don't, that's terrifying. <laughs> you know, uh, somehow that seems scary to me. I don't know. David, where, what do you think? I, I just this this is another thing that um, I was kind of mind blowing um, when I was reading the book and you know listened to Wild Thing was about how there are windows of opportunities mm-hmm. um, and when we start putting out radio waves and stuff our window opened yep. you know for detecting that sort of um, that 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 sort of signal in space because and oh, those... the wonderful first signals that they're getting from us <laughs> and yeah exactly yeah. and those are going out into space and everything and they have we the window is 
a civilization putting out something like that that is measurable and another civilization having the ability to measure it at that same time. And that is a very small window. And Laura brings up uh, the point that the the window keeps closing because uh for us as an example as a readily available example here our what we're putting out into space is getting smaller and smaller because everything's becoming kind of insular in um we're using fiber and wi-fi and all that stuff you know instead of radio signals that go out everywhere everything's mm-hmm. kind of closing in now so it's it's to me it's a little bit sad to think that <laughs> if there are others out there like us then there, there's a very slim chance that we're gonna uh, cross paths. Well, that way. First, we sent out uh, some nudes in a in a directions to our house on a rocket, and then we bombarded along them with, with crap. some Marvin Gaye, right? <laughs> yeah. Forget yeah. uh, it all. But what you're talking about, like anything, like okay, the gold records, these things, for them, they, they could have been more advanced, less advanced, or even just a develop differently than us they would it would yeah. maybe not even realize that that's what it is or to pick it up now yeah. obviously they probably would if they're you know uh, you know even advances us but that's a big if and like you said these windows of of the time the space everything like they they close so fast yeah um and i think that we think of like time as in our you know our lifetimes are specs even in the in you know our time you know yeah. and we're talking uh, now on a cosmic scale of billions and billions of years i just went uh, cross-eyed again so yeah <laughs> uh, excuse me i need to go cry in the shower i'll be back in a few minutes <laughs> yeah you know it is a uh, like it's it's a daunting thing to it, it's amazing for these scientists that, that look at this and go i'm going to figure this out well i think that's an interesting point because I don't know that they think they are going to figure it out, but I think they think they're going to help add something to yeah. learning about it. And I think, I think that's, think that's one thing yeah. we forget about scientists and science in general is like it is very much building on the backs of whoever came before you. You are taking what we know, you are testing it again using you know more modern technology and the knowledge that we have, and you're saying, does this still work? And then you are building on that. But I think... Most scientists are not going to come out and say, "Yeah, I'm going to solve this problem," or "I'm going to I'm going to give you the answers to this." Um, they're going to try and do everything they can to further the understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't. At least the ones I talked to, there was no sort of expectation that they were going to necessarily get an answer. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's and and I think that's the point too. Is um, we want these we as in you know. Random people, we go. We want to know these Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think that that's not realistic. Whereas these people are go, well, I can, I can figure this portion out. You know, the mm-hmm. the theory of everything, so to speak, is is a beautiful thought, but it's probably not really realistic. Or if it is, it's beyond us right now. Um, but you know, in our in our you know short little snippet worlds of everything's got to be you know packed and ready to go we expect uh results and answers right away uh, on and when we don't even understand what's really we're asking a lot of times of, of these yeah things. our our daily consumption of of information does not match the way science and time and geology and you know biology work like it's just no nothing's moving at that speed yeah yeah Except quarks, and, quarks might be moving at that speed. And and people need to also remember that uh, a no is still an answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of people think when scientists test something and they get they get a result, but it's not the one they they thought they were going to get or were looking for. It's still a result. It's still an answer, and it still adds to the data set. You know, yeah. Just because you didn't like the answer doesn't mean it's <laughs> not an answer. Okay, mom right. and dad, growing up. <laughs> <laughs> just because you didn't like my answer does because yeah. i said so that's the new science because i said so yeah <laughs> i'm afraid that science is pretty established these days Brent. <laughs> right <laughs> uh so 
what's next? Where you got anything else you're working on that you can share with us, or uh, is it all hush hush top secret and you're getting your shield checks from the government now, and you know just going to go bye bye and not have to worry about it? <laughs> well, I'm living in a bunker, and I haven't seen. I've the started sun my prepping. And, yeah. <laughs> Um, so there will be a third book in the series that comes out next fall, and that is about the intersection of science and magic and how Ooh. things like alchemy were foundational to chemistry, astrology to astronomy, how curses can work if you believe in them because of things like the placebo and nocebo effect, which yep. are things that scientists don't quite fully understand yet. Um, so there's some interesting intersections there. So that's book three. Um, and That's then, exciting. I know that, that they've all been exciting. So I, I'm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are you surprised, Brent? Magic, <laughs> magic, science, uh, or magic, space, and Bigfoot. I mean, you're like, <laughs> you're reading my resume yeah. or something Triple here. Come on. Crown. <laughs> um. Yeah, and that one was not based off the third season of the podcast, which yeah. had been about um nuclear nuclear. Pa- yeah. Yeah, which the publisher was like, the kids aren't going to like this. And I was like, I bet the kids would like this, but you're the publisher. So, um, and depends then, on how many ninja fights, right? Brent? That's exactly yeah, that's right. True. Always keep your finger on that back page. You can always go back. Just remember that. Yeah. Choose your own <laughs> um, and then that it's sort of an open ended question. I am debating uh, doing more podcast seasons right now. You guys mm-hmm. may not be familiar with this, but the podcast industry is really. I don't think it's going to take it, off. I don't I'm not. Uh, <laughs> What? Taking it on the chin a little bit lately. <laughs> um, so while Wild Thing, I'm not shutting it down, I might be taking a little bit of a break until we can kind of figure out, you know, how do you make money doing a podcast? How do you make money during a podcast? I I mean, we sold out a long time ago. Just oh. hawking. <laughs> Just hawking sex pills and and uh, you know anything I know. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I tell you what, man. Uh, so I own a studio outside of just doing this, and uh-huh. I have a lot of people that you know. We outside of like the voiceover and all this stuff. I got a lot of people that try podcasts, and the first thing they say is, "How long until I start making money?" <laughs> and they don't like when I do that laugh right afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you the same thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a little sad because I do love it and I don't necessarily want it to go away, but I have to do some things that will make some money. So I can yeah, you know, and so, you know, I peek behind the curtains here, but David and I, we do this full time mm-hmm. so that we can make a living doing it, you know, and right. I don't know how I would do this and make money if I didn't do it full time. You know what right. I mean? And because I'm yeah. not, I'm not a celebrity or something like that. And that's not taking anything away from them. Um, but you know, we try to put out the best content we can and keep consistent with it. And you know, it's, it's hard work, you know, I'm not, I'm not digging a ditch or in the mines, so to speak, but, uh, I'm still working. I just can work. I can work with no pants on. It's a, (laughs) what do you need pants for? Exactly. Um, tell you, no, you're truly alive. Officer. Laura told me I don't need pants. (laughs) There's no law against podcasting half naked. <laughs> yes, I was this Laura Krantz. K R. She lives in <laughs> a state of delusion. Yeah, yeah I know. So yeah, for the meantime, I'm working on someone else's podcast, and we're talking about politics and money, which is oh, just fun. Super. Nice. Fun. And then you go home every night and take another crying shower. Uh, so yeah. that's. Uh, I didn't know you hated yourself. That's cool. <laughs> I, like, I like to suffer every once in a while. Yeah, that's why I went into journalism. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> are you in the shower right now? You're going to electrocute yourself. Get out! There's of no law against this man. What are you a cop? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there's so much going on, and um, you've got a lot of irons in the fire, as you you know. So you know, um, to be a creative is not the easiest thing in the world sometimes, you know, and it's a, it's a, a an ever evolving, uh, climate, you know, and, 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 uh, you kind of got to stay on top of it or you drift away, so to speak, you know? So, yeah. So we'll see. I've got, you know, there's options out there. It's just figuring out which, which options I want to take. Plus she's pulling yeah. double shifts at Hardy's. So those bills are getting paid. So <laughs> is Hardy's no. still around? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I just drove, we just took a, a driving vacation there's no Hardee's, it's, it's, and I've never seen so many Hardee's in my life. Really? <laughs> in like Tennessee wow. and South Carolina I, and everywhere. I think it's a it's a uh, midwestern um, cutoff thing. The it east of it, it's Hardee's, west of it's Carl's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, we have Carl's. Same thing. Okay. Same thing. Just different name. So you know. Good to uh, know. 
Well, now that's fun. You that's your Hardy's talk this week on Hysteria 51. <laughs> Next up, Wendy's. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, you so do much. Do you your fries and Frosties? Hey, yes, no, and that's gross. And I'm judging what? you now. I, I, my wife has done that in front of me. We almost got divorced. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're not going steady anymore. Hey, hey, it was fun while it lasted. You can have the kids. Um, <laughs> no. Laura, thank you so much for doing this. It's a blast. And I cannot, I want to tell you if you got kids, they should read this. You guys should read this because it was so good. It's the, you know, the second one in a row that I think have just been fantastic. And you convey so much high quality, high brow information. In a way that is so palatable, and and I, I I don't know if it's coming through with what I'm saying. It's so easy to read and learn while reading your stuff, and also your background in journalism, you write fantastically. Kudos to you, and I hope everyone goes out and goes to the show notes. You'll find the links to this. Please pick these up and read it. Awesome! Thank you so much for reading it and for having me on, and for such nice words. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank and, you. Yeah. Uh, hope to have you on again in the future for many, many, many yeah. more books, uh, except for your uh, your politics and money. Uh, you know, I've uh, I got a suicide pact I got to get to instead of doing that. So. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Right. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back with more Hysteria 51. <laughs> Man, what a great guest Laura is. Meh. She's smart. She's fun. <laughs> she, she is. Uh, uh, she's got a great product here, too, both with the podcast and the book. I I really enjoy listening to the podcast. The book is gorgeous. I've loved reading it. It's so stylized with the photos and the, 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 yeah, the, the, art, the art is just is fun. And it's got and, this very unique color uh, palette to it. Yeah. It's really cool. It's It's just spot on so yeah definitely you guys uh, need to check that out and we'll have links to all that and her show in the show notes so uh i can't no wait for the for this magic and alchemy stuff too that she's talking about oh my god um yeah <laughs> some of my favorite weird episodes have been like the when we talk about magic and alchemy and yeah. how and i'm sure knowing her she's going to go into is magic science and science magic that we don't understand? You know, right. it's, it's the whole, you know, <laughs> uh, what was that? Thor. Like, well, you see it as magic. We, you know, what you call science is magic and vice versa. Uh, right. you, you take back a, you know, a camera to the dark ages and we'd be burned at the stake. <laughs> you predict an eclipse. And- <laughs> oh, <laughs> and she has such a good way of, Breaking these things down to make them manageable. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. 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 Uh, she's, she's a good filter to um, take the uh, highfalutinness of it all yeah. and then distill it down to where um, everybody has a chance to. She's not pandering to children or adults. And, right. It's great. Yeah. But it's written, you know, it, it reminds me of a much easier to digest Stephen Hawking. A brief uh, history of time. Yeah, a brief history of time. Thank you. Where they try to take these really heady things and make you understand them. Well, she yeah. takes these really not as heady, but more like chuckle, chuckle things and goes, no, there's a lot of science to this. Or maybe there's not. Let's yeah. find out. Yeah. And, and that's um, why she's great. And, you know, her looks into Sasquatch. And then she has another, um, ch- uh, not chapter, but season to her show where she talked about nuclear energy. <laughs> Nuclear, <laughs> nuclear energy, <laughs> nuclear energy, and uh, you know, and it's you know how it uh, evolves into the our world. And she said that's like she just said that's probably not going to be one of the books, but we're probably going to skip to magic. Which you know, I'm I'm ready to gather anytime there's magic. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah I'm. I am all about the gathering. There, <laughs> you've had her on um, your show a couple times too, right? So yeah, I was just going to say she was. Uh, uh, she also talked to me about um, the this new book, and that was during uh, our intervention for you, right? That was uh, partly uh, <laughs> that came out of that, but yeah, uh, yeah parlayed it into a nice episode for Blurry Photos. So uh, head over to Blurry Photos and check out 
my interview with Laura. It's just me solo. Um, I, I get into some of the stuff we had mentioned on here, like everything giving off light mm-hmm. and the distance between things being so crazy, you know, unfathomable. And like, how does that make, how does that make us all feel? Like I ask her, I talk about, you know, what, what it means to me and stuff. And it's just one of those, you, it it toes the line of, uh, scientific learning and philosophy in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, what's great is it reads as something that you can digest. And I keep saying that, but, um, so many of these things read like stereo instructions. What'd you say? (laughs) It'll give you heartburn, but you can digest it. Yeah. (laughs) Just pop a Pepsi. So (laughs) make sure you, you check her stuff out because it's great and listen to the show and, uh, send her all your money and, you know, and (laughs) all praise be to Lord Krantz. (laughs) 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 No, she's great. As you heard in the interview, what's that? Um, long, long live Queen Krantz. That's right. Um, uh, yeah, all that stuff's going to be in the show notes. So check that out. Yeah, and if you, you know, you heard from the, uh, you heard from the interview, she's fantastic to talk to. If you heard from the last one, fantastic to talk to that comes through in her podcast too. It's super entertaining. Make sure you check it out and, uh, also check out a couple other shows. Quiz, quiz, Ooh. bang, bang, blurry photos, five minute yeah. frights. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm out of breath again. What else are you working on right now? <laughs> um, theater stuff, man. Yeah. Running a theater company, firebirdcb.com. But um, if you guys uh, wanted to help out without, uh, you know, spending any uh, money bills, go follow our social medias yeah. for Firebird Theater. Yeah, do Firebird Theater, do Hysteria 51, do blurry photos, all those. And guess what? You can always click share and invite all your friends. It's free and it helps us out so much. Exactly. It really, really does. Um, and I can't thank you guys enough for, for letting us do this for you guys for a living, you know, sentimental and teary eyed, but, uh, I really, really, Calm really down. appreciate it. So we can't thank you guys enough. And, uh, we'll be back next week with some robots, unfortunately. Uh Oh, with that said, right. I've been Brent. I've been David. And there's been no conspiracy bot. That's why Brent's really weepy. (laughs) It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. We'll be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.